Well, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I just got kissed by a rose, and I'm excited to talk about <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Welcome to PodPass. You've been holding that one in all week, haven't you? <laughs> he I has thought been. about that all week. I was like, oh, that's clever. <laughs> uh, but this is Jordan, along here with Brother Brandon. Brother Brandon here. How are you guys doing? Good, and best friend Ryan. Hello, everybody. And tonight we're talking about everything Batman, starting from the 1966 movie and TV show and ending with Batman Begins. Because if you are a fan of the show, then you know that we cannot talk about anything past 2006. So Batman Begins ends in 05. Uh, Thank goodness, because I don't, oh man, I don't know how much more I can talk about The Dark Knight. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dark Knight's great. I love it. And, uh, but, uh, mostly I just do what best friend Ryan says. I just go to YouTube and watch the best scenes and I'm good. Exactly. Just, which is mostly Joker, unfortunately in a <laughs> Batman movie. But, uh, uh, before we get into everything, we're going to talk about all these forms of media here of Batman in order, but I kind of wanted to see what everybody's opinion was about their favorite Batman. Now, I know that there's a favorite Bruce Wayne and a favorite Batman, but I'm just curious about your favorite Batman. So, best friend Ryan, uh, what actor has been your favorite Batman so far? Uh, My favorite actor is Christian Bale. Uh, I really like Christian Bale. I think he does does a very, very good job uh, as Batman. Are we going to include Ben Affleck? Uh, I know that's 2000. 16, so that's no, we can't. Past. Okay. Yeah, we cannot. Yeah, Bale's the last we can talk Bale, about okay. here. But I, I grew up with uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice actor for oh. Batman the Animated Series. I think uh, he is the best because the if mm-hmm. you, you add the cartoon uh, plus Mask of the Phantasm and his his work with the Arkham Asylum games. Uh, I, I feel he is by far the best Batman. Brother Brandon, who is the best Batman for you? Uh, without a doubt, Kevin Conroy. Uh, wow. I, I, I can still remember the Saturday morning cartoons on Fox Kids. And when, uh, when Batman came on, the animated series, that was my introduction to Batman. Uh, long before comics, long before any graphic novels, or any of the actual movies, to be honest, uh, the animated series was that is my Batman. Every time I read a comic now, I still hear Kevin Conroy's voice. <laughs> like it, it just it's that's just who I hear now, and he's to me he's the pinnacle. Wow, interesting. Okay, I was just curious what you guys thought. I never thought both of you would answer Kevin, but uh, okay, I was shocked. Uh, we're gonna start it off well, here on. with hold on, yeah. Who's your favorite? Yeah, I don't. I don't have one. That's my biggest problem. You love them all so much, you can't choose. 
No, it's 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 it's, it's kind of like a fifty-fifty. I am two faces of this matter. Oh shit! Are you gonna be doing huh? this all night? Huh? 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 <laughs> huh? No, I thought of that one earlier this week too. I'm full of bat puns. <laughs> He's got all these written down on a memo pad. <laughs> He's sitting there thinking, like, okay, how can I fit? I'm sly like a cat into this conversation. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I'm actually kind of proud of myself. I just pulled the two of uh, two faces out of my ass there. I like that one. Um, uh, no, I actually you know what. Quite honestly, I like them all. Um, it's 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 what I love about Batman um, is is the fact that every decade or every era, I would say. Uh, I mean, we get a Batman that represents the time that it's currently in, and I mean, like. I was a uh, Christian Bale is very good as Batman. Uh, I mean, but Val Kimmer didn't do a terrible job wearing the cape and cowl. Uh, Michael Keaton, I didn't have a problem with either. I mean, George Clooney had its moments, but then when he pulled out the bat credit card, life kind of ended for me. But you know, I don't, I, 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 I don't know what my favorite is. But if I guess gun to my head, I would, I would, I would actually probably say Kilmer. I actually like Kilmer a lot. As, as Batman, that is very interesting. not as Bruce Wayne, not as Bat, uh, not as Bruce Wayne, as Batman. See, but, I forgot to even man, uh, I forgot to even mention because uh, I I wasn't quite sure if we were allowed to in, uh, you know incorporate voice actors, but right there with Kevin Conroy, I think should be mentioned Diedrich Bader from Batman: Brave and the Bold. I don't know if you guys have seen that cartoon. If yeah, you've seen yeah, the yeah. series, yeah, I've seen oh, some episodes. My God, that is – I almost – I bow to the ankles of that show. It's, it's perfect. Deidre Spader, uh, he's – that's another – I think that's another voice actor, I think, that handled the character perfectly. Hmm. I, I, I mean, I've, I've seen a few episodes, but quick question before we continue on with the actual bulk of the show. Is uh, Kevin uh, Conroy, uh, is he the voice for Batman Beyond as well? Uh, Bruce in that show, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. I was just curious if he was or not. So we're going to start the show off with Batman 66, the show and the movie. Uh, Brutally honest with you guys, I've never seen an episode of the show. I've only seen the movie. Well, I mean, I've seen clips on YouTube, but actually sit down and watch a whole episode. Never seen it. I've seen enough what I needed to get from 66. I will tell you right now, Batman 66 is worse than Batman and Robin. Uh, I, I I don't like Batman 66. I That's my guess. I think, I think the difference uh, between Batman 66, because I honestly don't think... All right, so I know that Batman and Robin is not a good movie, but it is enjoyable. All right, and I think um, that they're both equally that... Like, they're both... I don't think the 66 version is good, but I think for the time it was made, it, it, it's pretty good. Because that's, right. like, that's what it was. That's what Batman was at the time. Like, even exactly. In the, even in the comics, he was, he was campy. So the, the movie being just it's, it's a TV show, it's an offshoot of the TV show, it was campy. And that's what people wanted. Yeah, well, a lot of that, too, um, to... to, to to go off you, Ryan, when you said the comics were campy, a lot of that had to do with the CCA as well. 
which uh, for someone who may not know, the CCA is the Comics Code Authority. And they took over around that time period. And uh, for instance, one of the biggest comic lines to take a hit was EC Comics. So you people would, you know, people would probably remember them as Tales from the Crypt, uh, Haunt of Fear, Vault of Horror. They got a huge hit by the CCA. And so did a lot of the like mainstream uh, superheroes. Because before the CCA, Batman was treated as like a pulp hero and Joker killed people. Even Batman killed people in those comics. So it, it, it's interesting to see where for there was a brief a, there a point, 10 to 15 years. Oh, go ahead. Point somewhere. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it was before the uh, 60s where he Batman actually carried a handgun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, that was, I think that's in the era, of course, before the CCA. I, I think that was right around the time of the 40s and 50s. I would say 40s because 40s was a huge, especially in terms of media, that was the huge gangster pool, the huge, um, oh, what's it called? The, uh, the film noir movement in Hollywood. So I think that's when he was implemented the most with the gun. Hmm. Well, then, yeah, because, because we did have those Batman serials. And if you fans are interested in YouTubing that, you can find Batman serials from the 40s, black and white, or brown and white, depending on the color correction. (laughs) Very bad. Uh, But nothing as bad as Batman 66, man, because, guys, I don't have my shark repellent today. It's bad. I mean, No, dude, I, 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 I promise you, if you were to compare... Any episode of Batman 66 to any of those Batman serials, you would change your mind in a heartbeat. Those Batman serials are horrendous. Oh, no, I've seen them. I just really hate 66 that much. Really? You haven't even sat down and watched an episode, you said. You can't have a clear conscience on that. I've seen the movie, and all I saw was acute angles. And Caesar <laughs> – what's his name? Caesar, Caesar Romero. Romero. Caesar Romero with – I'm not shaving my French mustache, so fuck oh. you. Man. It's like it's Spanish. Oh, God. It's whatever. Uh, I just. <laughs> but the, I mean, you got to. You got to think, Jordan. Though the 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 actors and actresses in the show at the time, they were some big names at the time. I mean, you even have Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. Uh, you have Vincent Price, one of my favorite actors of all time. He was uh, Egghead. Uh, you you got Otto Victor. Yeah, yeah. They did uh, Egghead in the in the in the in the in the TV show. Oh yeah, Vincent Price like, was Egghead. Yeah, they ran like three hundred wow. some episodes, didn't they? There's a shit ton of them. It's like two a week. Wow, I did not know they had uh, Eggman. I gotta see that Vincent Price's Eggman. <laughs> I mean, and then you even have, uh, you know, of course, uh, the two probably one of the two best Catwomans. Uh, for season one and two, you had Julie Newmar who was Catwoman, and then season three is when Eartha Kitt came in, and then now, the whole. Day- uh, Catwoman was for the movie. I think Lee something. I can't remember the last Mary name. Weather. Mary Weather. Yep, there it is. Be- okay, so this is so racist. Uh, I apologize. Which one was the African-American one? Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt. She was the original? No, no, no. She was season three. Uh, Julie Newmar was season one and two. Wasn't that a big deal then, back then in the 60s, to cast a African-American female then as a villain? Would the, wouldn't that have been a big deal back then? Probably was a big deal like, to cast her in such a prominent role. Yeah, well, you got to. This is probably like this is probably right off the boot heels of Star Trek because. Um, yeah, because that was uh, in '66 too. 
exactly, where Lieutenant Ohura, I think is her name, where she was a, a black female actress who was part of the actual crew of the bridge of Star, in Star Trek. So, I mean, I think when they brought in Eartha Kit, it was just a sign of the movement. It was, okay, you know, Star Trek did it. Now we're going to start showing people what we can be a part as well. Yeah. You know, you know what? You know what? Maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on Batman 66 because there are some lines in the movie that I'll never forget in my life. Like, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. And... <laughs> And thank God that sacrificing suicidal porpoise saved our lives. Like it's just it's well, just your your so favorite. Crazy. If I remember, Jordan, your favorite villain is Clayface, right? Yes. He actually makes an appearance in the show. Now he's not the tar form, but his original first form, when he's known as False Face, he's in the show, and his name is still Basil Carlo. Oh my God! Is he really okay? Then I got to YouTube that because Clayface is my favorite. But okay, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. And I've it, only ever it, seen um, I've only ever seen a few episodes of it, uh, the uh, Auto Preminger episodes, and I've seen uh, the Batman '66 movie. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I understand the appeal of it. Uh, right. I'm not really into the whole campy Batman thing, um, but there are like the movie overall. I don't think is good, but there are enjoyable moments to it no i totally understand i i sort of agree with you ryan i'm not uh the movie is sort of hard for me to get through however the tv show uh just splits me open man it it kills me left batman is not uh i I like him a lot i maybe put him in my top 10 but i don't even know if he's in my top five uh but i do appreciate him a lot I, i love reading him a lot so i i'm never i've never been in that position where i have a definitive batman I just, they all have sort of an appeal to me. See, what, what I, I, okay, do. so Batman is my favorite superhero, my favorite comic book character. Um, okay. Like, like popular comic book character, like like a character somebody, everybody would know, essentially. Um, I think why that is is because the versatility the character has. It's like Superman, right. you, you can't really tell, like, a super dark story with, you know? Like, because he's yeah, supposed yeah. to be uh, the the light the, the hope he's supposed to be hope that's what he is um, unless like, he lands in russia yeah <laughs> see i've been meaning to read red sun i've never gotten around to it um but here it's really good but like batman his whole reason for being is that he watched his parents be murdered in front of him when he was 10 years old no like, i i totally get it like i i i appreciate the sh- like i have the I have as as much Batman stuff as I can collect, but overall, my favorite DC hero, my, probably my favorite hero of all time, is the Flash. That's, I mean, he just has a little bit more one up on Batman to me. But I I totally understand where you're coming from. Huh. Well, I just, you know what? Those are very solid points. I just, I don't know. It's just, I grew up with another Batman, and when I was, you know, when I saw another Batman. And then uh, my mother, of all people, was like, oh, well, this is what I grew up with. And I'm like, what? What? You know, because I came off of the 89 Batman. And I'm like, what What is this? Uh, I mean, so I get it. I get it's time and place. Adam West, uh, rest in peace. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I just just was not a fan. No, I can I can totally get behind that too, man. Like it's I I'm never going to be that person. Even the, with the Flash, like there's people who love Wally West more than Barry uh, uh, Barry Allen, 
And I, I'm just, I'm not going to disagree with that. Wally West did a lot of awesome things. All right, and same thing with Jay Garrick, uh, the first Flash. So, I mean, I feel the same way with Batman. Um, even though I don't have a definitive Batman, if someone would be like, oh, I just can't get behind the Batman 66, I'm not going to fault you for that. I totally understand. It's all about a product of when you grew up with him. Since you talk about the Flash, just a little off topic, um, Steven Spielberg and Leonardo DiCaprio introduced me to the Flash. I'm just letting you guys know. Catch me if you okay. can. Yeah, it's oh. a deep cut, Jordan. It's a deep cut. It's a deep. Yeah, yep. What do you mean it's a deep cut? You don't like that movie? No, like you drew back. Like you went deep for no, that yeah. one. No, I did. Yeah, like that was a connect was the dots scenario. It was <laughs> like I had to sit there and do math. Yeah, because I didn't know really what the flash was. I, I I remember there was this segment on TV. I don't know what channel it was, boys. Maybe sci-fi. I I can't remember. But growing up, they played. Uh, Batman 66, they played the Hulk from the 70s, they played, I think there was a Flash show in the 70s, or maybe early 80s, and there was also was a terrible Spider-Man show as well from the 70s. There, yeah, there, was, a uh, there, was, a, there was a 90s uh, Flash TV show. Okay, 90s. But, yeah. like, I, I, I didn't know what Flash was, and then after watching Catch Me If You Can, when it first came out in 2001, where he called himself Barry Allen, I was like, oh... Okay, I get it now. So, anyway, uh, but uh, a movie that we could probably talk about, because we have a lot of movies to talk about, like we said in the beginning of the show, fans, Batman 89. Um, mm. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of pop culture. Uh, one of my favorite shows that I still watch to this day, even though it's not running currently, is I Love the 80s from VH1. All the episodes are on YouTube, so if you guys want to check it out, go ahead. But uh, there's a segment of I Love the 80s, because uh, in 1989, I was two years old. So I don't remember much, uh, hardly nothing at all. In 1989. You were not born. Was not Neither yeah. was Brandon. Yeah, me and Ryan, we were still swimming in a sack. We were, you guys were I was still a, swimming. I was a twinkle in my father's nut sack. That's what I was. <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, you guys were both born in 90. Uh, I was yep. two in 89. Um, but uh, Batman... I got I got some interesting memories from from Batman '89 because what I love the '80s was saying, and uh, and when they said this, it kind of brought back these old memories of when the original poster came out, not a teaser poster, just the actual theatrical poster came out. It was a black background with a Batman symbol, and everybody knew what that meant. And it was supposed to be, like, it was, but it was meant to be the movie of the summer. Like, this was going to be huge. And uh, I remember how I got my first copy of Batman. And this was back when McDonald's was cool, people. McDonald's <laughs> was cool because, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but at my local McDonald's in the 90s, with your Happy Meal... Sometimes you would get a VHS tape. Oh yeah, I I I can kind of remember some of the advertisement on that when they because uh, yeah. it, it stopped around. I think they probably stopped at around ninety seven or ninety eight. But I got the but I got the original Batman VHS tape from McDonald's and that's insane. Uh, I uh, I watched it the, and the movie? I, I like the actual movie. Yeah, oh, dude, I mean, like, um, they gave you, uh, I'm sorry, they would give you, because I remember this one, too. This was a weird one. They gave you uh, uh, Charlotte's Web. 
So what it was, it was like this, it was like this thing, you know, like, because like Batman and McDonald's just kind of went hand in hand in the 90s, especially later on in the discussion that we're going to talk <laughs> about. Uh, but like, I mean, but it was a thing for the Happy Meals. I mean, like, you guys can Google it, and also the fans Google this. It's just, it's interesting because McDonald's would do that. They would tie in. So what they would do is you would buy the Happy Meal for your kid for what, 90s prices, three bucks, let's just say. And then if you want, and then you can spend five dollars and get the VHS of Batman or something like that. That's a good or, deal. You know, whatever. Hell or $10 yeah. Ten dollars or whatever it was. Uh, but that was the thing. So I, uh, I watch eighty nine Batman through and through all the time. Uh, Jack Nicholson was scary. Uh, he was charming. Uh, Jack Nichols, uh, uh, Michael Keaton was probably even scarier to a young boy uh, because of the cape and cowl. But what an interesting take that Tim Burton did, because we all know now that Tim Burton does not like Batman. So right. it's it's so interesting how he did this, because the opening of Batman 89, it, it, it seems like that, that he was trying to retell the origin story, but not really. Well, I, you mean, know what I mean, he's gone on record to say before, I don't, I don't know if he actually dislikes Batman. I, he's always gone on record to say he, dis, he uh, dislikes comics, only because he... He sometimes equates it to maybe dyslexia, but he always had a hard time as a kid trying to dis, uh, determine which box to read next. So one of the first comics that got uh, him into wanting to pretty much read comics and then get into Batman was Frank Miller's The Killing Joke. Or not Frank Miller, um, shit. Alan Moore? Yeah, Alan Moore. thank you. <laughs> when he yeah, got, when he read Right. Uh, Killing Joke, I guess, because he, he explained it as being like the, the panels then were, were so easy to read that that was the first time he ever could read through a comic. And it was, of course, between Batman and Joker. So that's what influenced him. So do you guys feel that Batman 89 is the definitive Batman movie? I mean, like, is, is this movie really nostalgic gold or is this movie just OK nowadays? I mean, like, really, is this movie good or not? Well, I did okay. So I didn't watch the first Batman until I was probably like eight or nine, somewhere around there. And I can remember as a kid not really enjoying the movie because there's not a whole lot of action. Like Jack Nicholson's, uh, I can remember thinking Jack Nicholson was pretty cool and that Vicky Vale was pretty. Um, but like mm-hmm. the movie overall, I don't, I didn't think was interesting because there's not a whole like not a whole lot of action in it. You know, there's not a whole lot of stuff for yeah. kids. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, go ahead, Jordan. No, I was just going to say what always turns the point for me when I was a kid growing up was when uh, Batman and Joker faced off in the art studio. That's when the movie got good. See, uh, man, 89 Batman, it didn't come till much later. I think uh, I actually kind of remember you had the four pack set, I think. Or no, you had the three pack set, Jordan, because I don't think Batman and Robin was out yet. But you had Batman, Batman Returns and Batman Forever. And I returns in forever is what I saw most. Uh, it wasn't actually till maybe mid teens that I actually sat down and watched eighty nine Batman in its entirety, and I thought it was okay. Uh, still to this day, I think it's okay. A lot of people have a lot of praise towards it. Um, and again, like what we explained with Batman sixty six, I can totally understand why. Like if that was the era, if you were eighteen or even in your early twenties and you went and saw this in the theater. Of course, man. This is going to be this is going to be the definitive Batman for you in terms of movie. You know, I can understand. 
Well, okay, so on that, what is it for both of you guys about Batman 89 that's that's just not good? I mean, like, what does not appeal? What is the issues with Batman 89 that you guys don't like? Uh, Best friend Ryan, go ahead. I mean, like. Uh, I don't I don't mean, I don't really have any issues with it now. I actually watched it uh, for the first time in a long time, uh, probably like two or three months ago. And like, like Brandon said, it's okay. I don't think it's like looking at it now and what like the types of films that we get now. I don't think it's anything special. Uh, but for that time, you know, when comic book movies weren't a thing really, and they actually put for what at the time was a, a decent chunk of change into a Batman film, um, I, I think that in that era for the people who grew up. Uh, with the comics in the 80s, like the Frank Miller stuff, uh, like it's great for them. But me, I don't, I didn't have that knowledge. You know, I don't, I didn't have that base coming from right. because, like, I watched the cartoon, which the cartoon a lot of it was inspired and based off the imagery from that movie. But that movie and the, t- the cartoon series, animated series, aren't really, they're not really the same thing. Um, so for me, that's why it wasn't like it's okay. Like, I mean, I didn't think much of it then. I, just, I still don't think much of it now, but I don't think it's a bad movie. Brother Brandon, what about you? I mean, like, is there anything about the Batman 89 that just does not sit well with you? or? Um, I, I, okay, even though, like I said, I appreciate, I, I, I actually, I, I don't want to say love Batman, but I do like Batman a lot. And one of the things I like about Batman is his standards, his values. In this movie... Uh, and in previous things, I actually don't like it when Batman kills people. That's the one. I think that's the one big no-no. I think every person who's going to go in to do a Batman story, whether it's comic or movie, you don't kill people. And I think even then, when I was watching it, once I got around to watching Batman '89, there's clear evidence where he just he flat out kills people. Oh, he kills so a I, bunch it, of dudes, especially yeah. at, especially at the end where he's fighting his way up the bell tower. He kills a yeah. lot of dudes. And it's that that gets under my skin because I mean, I, to me that is the, that is the number one core value of of Bruce himself and of Batman. That's because Batman said time and time again, I don't kill because if I do, there's no telling if I can I can bring myself back. And so that's why he doesn't cr- cross that threshold. So when other properties do it, when they have him just flat out kill people, I'm just like, oh, come on, man, like. That's it's almost it, it's almost verbatim. Like that's the number one thing you should go in being okay. This is what we don't do, and the movie flat out does it. So that's probably the one main thing that gets under my skin. Hmm. I mean, nothing really got under my skin uh, with with Batman eighty nine. Uh, you know, we uh, we know that I have a daughter, and when she gets a little bit older and she can understand these kind of movies, I'm going to show her Batman eighty nine first before anything. This is Batman, sweetie. You know, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's the greatest Batman movie of all time. It is definitely not my favorite. Uh, but I don't have any really complaints about it. Uh, but then, but then, but then segue into the next one. My favorite Batman movie of all time is Batman Returns, which came out in 1992. The movie that made McDonald's pull their toys. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh my God! This is a this was a huge. Well, I mean, I was deal. only probably I was two when the movie came out, so of course I wouldn't we remember it. So, Batman Returns is clearly a different film from Batman '89. Would you guys agree with this? I mean, it's definitely darker, right? It's definitely Tim Burton-y. It's aesthetically, 
Yeah, I feel. I mean, right? I think. I think there's. I think that returns is, is just a darker version of the first one, like with the because darker. It was so dark that people got pissed. Parents got pissed and said, "How dare you sell penguin toys in a Happy Meal?" And McDonald's pulled the penguin toys. They pulled. They pulled Batman Return toys. That was an issue. And 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 to all their fans. Google this. This is some interesting information about how just people were pissed. They were boycotting McDonald's, saying they will never go to McDonald's <laughs> again. Because oh, whatever. Their fat asses were right there the next morning. Oh, of course they were getting those egg McMuffins. It's like this. Uh, it's like what's going on with the whole uh, NFL right now. I think that's yeah, like, that's fantastic. <laughs> like I keep seeing, I keep seeing these things in my Facebook feed. Oh, I'm never gonna watch. I'm never gonna watch. NFL again, oh, I'm done with the, the Cowboys, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, no, you're not. You're going to tune yeah, in no, on Sunday. Not. It's what you're going to do. <laughs> fantasy football, fantasy football still is the way it is, right? No, it's just, it's just Batman Returns because Batman 89, which I, which I never understood this, because Batman 89 was not made for kids. It was a PG-13 superhero literally killed guys. But then, all of a sudden, the studio gives Tim Burton free reign to do whatever he wants, and he makes a very interesting, good movie, in my opinion, and he makes a very, very dark Penguin character, and because it's so dark, parents are like, nope, nope, can't watch it, can't watch this, this one, this one is too grown up for you. But if you really watch Batman Returns now, it could be argued as a darker version, but there's a lot of kiddie things in this. Like Penguin rigging Batman's car, and he's driving around in a mini Batmobile, controlling Batman's. Car. I mean, come <laughs> on, guys. I mean, it's, it's what it's, I find kidified. What I find interesting about that is uh, why why that movie? You know what I mean? Considering that the '70s is actually when Batman started getting dark again with uh, writer Dennis O'Neill, is when he started bringing Batman back into a darker spotlight, and then of course in the '80s with Frank Miller. So it's like you have two whole decades of Batman crossing into a more darker, brooding threshold, and this is the movie that, you know what I mean, that people want to pick apart. This is the property that people want to pick apart. It's it's asinine. Well, you know, maybe because of this, because you guys were not born yet in 89, you know, for Batman 89. Uh, so Batman 89 was just a huge blockbuster success. I mean, it was a huge summer blockbuster. The best uh, superhero movie since the original Superman, if if I'm correct, because I don't think Howard the Duck even comes close to that, boys. <laughs> right, well, there so is duck boob. Fact. <laughs> Batman set the opening weekend record when it came out, and it was the highest grossing film of 89. Okay. Woo. So then, then a few years later, when they come out with the sequel, those little kids that probably couldn't go see the original were not old enough to see the original. The parents want to take them, and I'm sure the parents who takes their seven-year-old to see Batman does not like the opening of Pee Wee Herman dumping a kid down a sewer, and I'm sure they get all pissed off about that, I bet. By the way, did you guys know that was Pee Wee Herman in the beginning, Penguin's dad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had no mom, idea when I was a kid. My mom told me that. Oh, yeah. I just pointed that oh, out. She's like, she like, that's Pee Wee. That's, uh, that's Pee Wee Herman. Remember that movie we watched with the bicycle? Yeah, it's Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I never do. I mean, like, what do you guys think? I mean, like, do you guys agree at all? Do you guys have an opinion on Batman Returns as probably one of the best Batman movies that we've gotten? Or 
Uh, again, it's <laughs> I'd put it in the same ballpark as Batman '89. I, I'd say it has an, an edge more only because I think aesthetically it's gorgeous. Uh, the architecture, uh, how everything is just treated. Uh, I like that it takes place uh, in Christmas, like that holiday setting. It just gives it a really nice juxtaposition, I think, in terms of everything that's around it that's really dark. Uh, again, it's, I don't know, it's, it's not one I watch all the time, but it is my wife, Shariah's, it's one of her favorite films of all time. So when she, when it, she watches it, of course I'm drawn to it only because it's, DC is my favorite of the two between DC or Marvel. I'd rather latch onto DC, just more interesting characters to me. So I'm always watching something DC and, um, I don't know, it's, it's hard for me to judge because uh, the thing that I'm the the Batman I was really into is coming up. These two films, I just I wasn't old enough, and I didn't catch them till much later when I already had other Batmans uh, in my arsenal. Best friend uh, Ryan, do you do you actually agree with that statement, or I mean, what's your opinion on the overall of Batman Returns? I feel like I feel like me and Brandon kind of had the same childhood in regards to Batman. Because are you are you gonna <laughs> what, that comment you made is that about Batman Forever? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I've seen the most. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Like I think, yeah, because I think that bat, like I remember watching as a kid Batman Returns and thinking it was I liked it more than Batman '89 because I really dug uh, the Penguin. I thought he was super interesting because he, he like he was cartoony, but he wasn't as like oh yeah he wasn't. And then he, of course it wasn't oh, like ahead. the Joker's cartoony, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a, right. a different type of, of, I guess, camp now is what you would call it. But I also thought that, I also thought that, uh, Catwoman was like the greatest thing for a while. <sighs> oh she my was God, sexy. she still is. But yeah. I'm like show her my French flipper trick. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never, I never thought like long and harder, like super highly of, of Batman Returns. It's in the same, for me, it's in the same ballpark now as Batman 89. Right. I, I like, I, I agree with Ryan. Uh, and, uh, all, the only thing I would say is it has just a notch higher than 89 only because of the aesthetic. It's, it, it's more visually pleasing to the eye, I think than 89. I think it goes down the one- smoother there too. I don't think there's as many, uh, slow spots. Cause there's a lot of talking in 89. Like there's a lot of talking yeah. and this one, I mean, there's more going on, too, because you got... I think there's, like... Yeah, there's three main threads that are going throughout the movie, as opposed to the mm-hmm. two in the first one. But, yeah, I think that's... I think that's why, for me, too, it's 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 better, because it's more... It, I think it's a more interesting film. And one of the things I want to add before we get into uh, the other segment of the, of, of the show is why one of the reasons why I love Batman uh, Returns so much is because... In Batman 89, you can tell that it was a city. Yeah, it was on a back lot. I, I, we, we understand that. But it was open. It was brighter. When you get to Batman Returns, you can clearly tell this is a soundstage. This is in a warehouse somewhere. Very claustrophobic. Art Deco. German real, I'm sorry, German expressionism. Like just, it's, it's my kind of style of film. Right. And, no, I, and, I agree and, with you with that. Oh, I loved it. It, it almost feels like it it it, pra- it practically felt like it was jumping off of a comic page at that point and uh, that's why I like it a little bit more I mean like I mean with with Batman 89 it looked like Tim Burton was trying to be too clever with mixing different 
clothing styles from the 40s and 50s and different cars from the 40s and 50s, but it takes place in 89. And then with Batman Returns, this is clearly 1950s, you know, German expressionism, city living kind of a kind of a direction here. And I and I always just liked how he did that. It was claustrophobic. And right. I really enjoyed it. But before we get into the big movie that we're all three going to probably talk about, the animated series came out after Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. This was your guys' baby before the movie we're talking to in a second, but this was a big freaking show, guys. This you was a bet big your show sweet for ass it was. Now, let's... Let's just, let's just be honest as we possibly can. This show is about nostalgia. We're nostalgic about certain things. Really, overall, is the Batman animated series really that loved, or is it just loved by individuals that are our age because of when it came out? I mean, like, is this as, is this respected as a good show? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's respect. It's highly respected. It's very, it's highly regarded as, Probably like the best bat, like the best visual Batman, like from a visual medium. Oh yeah, uh, and storyline oh, film. Yeah, no, it's super high. It's very well regarded. I think though that it's talked about mostly with people of our age, because like, like going back to what we talked about earlier about Batman sixty six, how it's like a, a certain era, and we said that uh, I said earlier that Batman eighty nine was great for that time because that's what they were looking for. And stuff. So mm-hmm. for us, we grew up with it, and you know that's the Batman we know. That's why we talk oh, yeah. about it like it's like it's this little you know this precious little thing. Even critically, uh, Heart of Ice went on to run uh, win an Emmy. Yeah, I think Mask of Phantasm, Mask of the Phantasm is the highest rated um, on Rotten Tomatoes. I think. Uh, I I wouldn't doubt it at all. That's uh, yeah, Jordan. Uh, the animated series. I mean, hell, it's you have the first season of the show, yeah, and I yeah. ended up. Uh, do you have any of those seasons, Ryan? I had the last two, and I have a I have a fun story. Um, <laughs> I was on the wrestling team in in uh, middle school and high school. Yeah. Um, but I was god awful, super terrible at wrestling, because I was not physically fit. I have been a larger person most of my life, and. So my mom, in order to entice me to be better, would say, I'll give you a dollar for every point you get. Okay. And I remember this. I got lucky enough to wrestle a kid uh, in Shawnee who was by far worse than me, and I was not good. I managed to get, <laughs> I managed to get in a tournament a technical victory. Which is where I score so many points. They're like, okay, it's the guy's not gonna do anything. Let's just cut this off, you know. And I think right. it's, I think it's eleven points or maybe twelve points. And then later on in that same tournament, I wrestled a kid who was about as good as me, which again is not good. <laughs> How I was able to pin him, and so it was a dollar for every point. Plus, I got ten dollars for a pin. So I took my winnings from that tournament. And I bought, um, I went to FYE. You guys remember FYE? Oh, yes. Yeah, they were yep. going, they were going out of business. And I got, um, uh, the last two seasons on DVD there for, I think it was like 15 bucks combined. Damn. The going out of business sale. The only time you could afford something at FYE. Yep. Yeah. Cause I got, <laughs> a, they, I got a Superman poster there. I got a Superman poster for there from there for $2. 
Like nice. A nice wall wall poster. But yeah, no, I I I have I I don't know where they are because I've moved like four times since I bought them. So I don't know if I still have them or not. But I used to have them. Hmm. Oh uh, yeah. Just, that, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say my little side note. Uh, the greatest find I ever got at FYE before they closed was for two dollars, and it was King Kong Lives with Linda Hamilton. Ugh. Great movie. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just telling you, it was great. I still own it on DVD. It's in my bar. But anyway, <laughs> continue, brother Brandon. Oh no, I was just gonna say like the. I don't know how else to explain Batman the, the animated series other than it's. I think it's probably the closest for me anyway. It's probably the closest I'll ever get to handling actual gold. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like it's just it, ah, inter- I like I'm going to school for writing. I love writing and whenever I need inspiration to write, it's one of the first things I go to. I put I have all four seasons and I'll put in my favorite episodes and like Paul Dini being one of the main writers and and uh, Bruce Tim, like just seeing what they were able to create and it, it's so inspirational. It, that is my Batman. And uh, it, it's there's some episodes that even make me cry. Like, it's just handled that well. And it, sa- it may sound stupid to someone because it's like, ain't that a cartoon? Well, yeah, man. But listen, <laughs> how it was handled. I cried it inside out. Exactly. And it's just like, it, that is what this show does to me. It, is, it was the show. I was on the fence with Batman growing up until this show. And I was like, okay, I get it. I know who this person is. One of my favorite episodes of the Batman animated series, uh, which is actually the first episode, the Man Bat episode, is not only great, oh, but, yeah. ter- but terrifying. The first episode on Leather Wings. Yes. Oh, my God. The Man Bat episode, it's it's terrifying. Some oh, scenes, yeah. it's like, oh, my God. Like, there's literally a giant bat. Oh, God. We should also we should also point out two major things that this show did. Not only did it give it give us the birth of Harley Quinn, it also made Mr. Freeze the Shakespearean badass. <laughs> yes, because Mr. Freeze used to be called Mr. Zero back in the day. And he was just a joke, and then this show alone got him to be so beloved, and then they gave us Batman and Robin. Um but yes, I agree. Uh, Harley Quinn. If you guys sent you Brandon, uh, brother Brandon, since you watched the old episodes, she was Joker's little, for lack of a better word, bitch. There's some episodes where he literally beats her up. Oh yeah, yeah, and it always upsets me when you got people, uh, people who are like they post the memes of Joker and Harley, and they're like, "I wish my relationship was like Joker and Harley's." And it's like, no, dum dum, he beats her to shit. That's not a relationship you want. <laughs> he he tortured her book. into insanity. Right. <laughs> That's the kind of love I want. <laughs> if you want any kind of love, you need to be Beast Boy and Raven. Now that's a true love. Nice. But what is a true love is uh, Master of the Phantasm. That, was, uh, that came out, Batman, Master of the Phantasm, that came out in between some seasons. And that told a whole new story of Batman uh, where yeah. uh, Master... Where a masked phantom was, uh, was what, were they were they killing people? Was the masked phantom killing people? I haven't seen the movie in yeah. years. 
Yeah, uh, but um, but then you but then you find out that the big reveal is that the uh, is that the Phantom is a woman and she is well spoilers. Well, <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, it came out in like ninety five, ninety six. If you haven't anyway, but <laughs> but the Phantom is a woman because what she's a love of Bruce Wayne, right? What was what was what was the woman? What she's was her reason? Revenge on somebody for murdering her dad or something like that. Yeah, I believe that's right. And it's what one of the um one of the highlights of this movie is that it's the one of the first times that we start seeing Bruce question whether or not he wants to be Batman anymore. That was one of the most pivotal moments of this movie. It was that he finally found what he thinks to be possibly true love. And but he knows that he can't continue on with that love and still be the Batman. So that's it's this great uh, dynamic of what does a hero do whenever he comes to that that crossroads of I don't want to be this anymore, um, especially since you know he's been told time and time again, that, which is another here's another thing I love about Batman is when he's told time and time again that your presence is why you have such a large rogues gallery, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's your presence is what's bringing out all these masked villains and these crazy individuals. So he comes to this point where he's just like I don't look. Yeah, I've done good, but at the same time, I'm still causing harm just by simply being the Batman. So what happens if I come to a point where I can leave the cape and cowl? And that's what the movie does, essentially, overall. And it's it's beautifully done. And you know what? And we're, and we're not going to talk about The Dark Knight, but to go on that point, Brandon, uh, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker does make that very clear in The Dark Knight, going on the mythology of Batman, where he says, what you know, what am I going to do? Go back, rip it off, mob dealers. No, you complete me. You yeah. know what I mean. So it's 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 the same thing with all of his villains. Is that if it wasn't for Batman, this villain wouldn't exist. And we've seen movies and cartoons and everything where sometimes Batman is accidentally involved in creating said villains. Right. Well, I mean, there's even theories out there that's that even determines that Batman himself is just as criminally insane as the villains he fights. You know, because what what sensible human being would put their body and and mentally and physically put themselves through all that torture. You know, he Bruce will never stop being Batman. He just it, it's impossible for him to be that. So uh, that's another dynamic that I think is very interesting about him as well. Do you guys do you guys remember before uh The Dark Knight Rises came out, there was something online about some doctor uh that actually went through like okay, so if Batman actually existed and this all this happened, how long a human being and Christian Bale's kind of physical state could actually be Batman. Did you guys ever remember that article or read that? No. No. So, so there's this doctor. Uh, I, I always say Google it, but uh, but uh, check this out sometime if you guys get a chance. But there was this doctor somewhere. It, it was before The Dark Knight Rises came out about how can a person do this with the physicality of Christian Bale and everything. You know, let's say this actually happens. Uh, a person's body before totally giving out could only be Batman for a year and a half. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I can kind of believe that. (laughs) And then the body body just says, okay, fuck you. You know? Uh, So, uh, but I I just thought that was interesting. So a year and a half of being Batman. Right. Well, I mean, what's... And and I know this is... um, And and if, Ryan, if you have any points you want to speak up, just speak up, buddy. I don't want to keep talking over you or anything. Oh, that's not a problem. Um, but I think what also 
I think even though it could be put into a, uh, a farcical world, I think what also allows Bruce to continue in the shape that he is is because you have this idea that he's he's putting himself in the in the top most physical shape he can be in. And that's another thing that I like about Batman too. Like shit, now that I'm now that we've had this podcast, he almost might just take the place of Flash. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh nothing can take Flash, but I uh, he he is such an interesting character. Mentally and physically, he he the death of his parents affected him so much that he told himself, I'm going to do everything I can to make myself better and then use those qualities to try and better humanity. And I don't know. That's again, like I, I think we're still on mask of the phantasm. So, I yeah. mean, that's another quality too, that, that movie uh, interprets. That's another one. That, that's another part of the movie where you, you get to explore more of Bruce's past and everything he did. And then the dynamic between him and Alfred, like Alfred trying to tell him, you know, master Bruce, this is everything that you've worked for. Like just simply walking away from it is almost forgetting the memory of your parents and why you've done this. I don't know. It's if you haven't seen the movie, anybody, Seek it out. It, it, I think it's probably the single most thing. If and no one if no one knows anything about Batman, put that movie in, and you're going to be like, in an instant, you're going to be like, okay, now I can understand why people like this guy so much. That's a very good point. And then a movie that you also can put in all the time is Batman Forever. <laughs> Baby, something, something with a rose near a grave. <laughs> 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 Batman Forever. Oh my god. Now I know this was big for you guys. This was yeah. equally this was equally big for me. This came out in nineteen ninety five. I was eight years old and I was <laughs> I was I was ready. This has everything that an eight year old boy in nineteen ninety five needed. It was Batman with some old guy playing a double face guy, but Jim Carrey's <laughs> in it. Jim yeah. Carrey Ace Ventura is in this. And then, well, I mean, oh, the 90s yeah. was Jim Carrey. Right? And then all of a sudden, oh my god, you're so excited Jim Carrey's in it. And then you had this younger 25-ish Robin that you want to be, but then you grow up and you're like, I don't really want to do kung fu laundry, but it's still cool. And, you know, <laughs> it's just... And it's like, you know, hey, Master Wayne, uh, I made dinner. I'll take drive through. Badass! <laughs> I mean, that's just Batman Forever not only was the greatest movie of 95 for me, uh, but this is when I start to, and Brandon, full circle, this is when I start to get into music, and everybody knows how much I know about music and love music, but this mm-hmm. was the first CD I ever bought, because... Oh, shit. It was an actual soundtrack of all these different bands, and I'm just telling you guys who was on this record. I will tell you right now, you two, <laughs> Seal, and Coolio. Oh, shit. Where else can you buy an album with Seal, Coolio, and you two? I do not know. I'll tell but, you what, uh, Batman fucking forever, that's where you buy it. You guys, both of you, best friend Ryan and brother Brandon, love Batman forever because of the nostalgia, right? I mean, I mean, you guys, you guys were saying this was the big one, right? Oh no, I didn't say I loved it. I'm saying it's the one I know. Okay. It's the one <laughs> okay. I remember. Yeah, don't be putting words in our yeah, mouth. Let's, let's we know how down. terrible it is. Like I watched it okay. recently, and it's not good. <laughs> like it's not good. That's what, okay. So I would watch the car. I would watch the animated series. 
uh, after school and stuff. And my mom took us. Uh, this is actually Batman Forever uh, was the third movie I saw in theaters. The first was um, Hocus Pocus, I do believe. Oh fuck yeah! And then I, mean, I was three. I don't really, I don't really remember. Uh, but uh, the second one was Muppets Treasure Island. I do believe. Oh, right on. And then this nice. was the third one. Another fun side story. Uh, my adolescent, or my, well, my, my toddler going to the movies thing. We would go to the local theater. And the two times, uh, Hocus Pocus and Muppets Treasure Island, we had to leave early because both times I managed to wedge popcorn kernels so far up my nose that we had to go to the emergency room to get them pulled out. Nice. Damn, yeah. two movies in a row? Yeah, I know. I was surprised they like. I, I think they thought, well, he's five now, maybe he'll <laughs> understand. But yeah, no, like that's the wow. third movie I ever saw in theaters. And my mom uh, took us because she knew that I liked the the Batman show, Batman right. animated series. And I remember uh, really liking this movie as a five year old kid. I thought, of that, course, uh, it was really cool. And that uh, that dude with the jaw that played Batman was really awesome. <laughs> uh, I thought that Jim Carrey was uh, exactly who I wanted Jim Carrey to be. And yes. uh, yeah, I don't think it's a good movie now. I think it's I think it's it's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, but back being a five year old, it was it was pretty awesome. Because you go back and you watch it now as an adult. You watch it from a 10-year-old or younger's point of view, and it's the greatest movie ever. You watch it as a late 20s, 30-year-old guy, and you're like, Dr. Chase Meridian literally is probably more fucked up than the villains because all she wants to do and all she's here for is to literally fuck Batman. (laughs) And and, And, of course pre-Titanic in 97 and 95 where she comes out on the balcony wearing nothing but the bed, white, silky bed sheets. This, this movie is the reason why I have, I, I have white bed sheets. I've tried <laughs> to explain this to my wife. What? She does not explain this. She does not understand it. She's because, because my wife and I were trying to figure out what kind of bed sheets we wanted when we moved into her house. I was like, white. She's like, why? And I was like, Batman forever. I'm, I'm, I'm 28 when we moved in, and I said that comment. Do you just it's like, because do you want uh, her to wrap her body in there and in, in the white guys, sheets? Guys, we have done that. Thank you. So it's amazing. White <laughs> sheets. Oh my god, that was so good. But okay, so it's just I don't know. Batman Forever. It's it's not a good movie. You guys are right. It's it's not a good movie, but it had everything that the 90s was asking for, and. The old guy, right? Speaking from a ten-year-old's point of view, the old guy playing a, a, a two-faced guy. Who, who, who's this guy at this point, right? Did you guys care about this guy named Tommy Lee Jones? Was he anything compared to Jim Carrey, or was Jim Carrey better than this old guy Tommy Lee Jones at that time? Oh, you know Jim, what I mean? Yeah, Jim Carrey is way better. I mean, I remember. I know that from a young age, I I was exposed to Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura Two, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. Uh, even some episodes of In Living Color. My uncle, oh my I had my one of my mom's brothers. Uh, he was super into Jim Carrey, like like he loved Jim Carrey, and then the Halloween film series. Like that, that those were his jam. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah. Uh, 
What was the question again? <laughs> Jim no, Carrey was versus was Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. I knew that, it. I was trying yeah. to figure out something because they here's I actually kind of have a problem with the both of them. As much as I like Jim Carrey, like going back now, they both are just different forms of the Joker. Because like that's not that's actually not the demeanor of Two Face, nor is it the demeanor of the Riddler. But they both are so over the top and zany, which I get it. It, it matches the world that Schumacher was creating. Um, but when you just watch it, it just feels awkward because I just those are not how I picture the characters being. And there's been other instances where those two characters are done much better. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I understand. But clearly. I mean, this, the but am I going to talk, Jordan? Is it my turn now? I was going to say that Jim Carrey said joygasm in the movie, but I mean, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm messing with you, Jordan. I know I got very I'm sorry. there, and I apologize. Uh, no, no I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, because they're trying to get away from the like you know Jordan mentioned earlier the whole my kids should be watching this thing. There's a dude eating a live fish, you know that sort of stuff. So right. <laughs> they wanted to create something that was more attractive to kids, as colorful and campy and and wild and out there. And Jim Carrey's in this movie. He's pretty much a cartoon. He's great. He's, he's yeah. yeah. I, like it's what a child would when they kind of want. I'm not gonna say that every child's gonna want that because every child's different. But like I think, uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I thought it was really great. Yeah, and I think it's, when I was a kid, the thing that blew me away most with Forever, and I think why I loved it so much, and going back to it not too long ago, uh, I realized how how actually kind of awesome this moment is. And it's when Two-Face and Riddler actually figure out the identity of Batman. And then they storm Wayne Nanner. And then fucking Riddler blows up the Batcave. And I'm like, oh my god, no one's done this. The Joker's not even fucking done this. And I can remember as a kid, like, grabbing the sides of the couch, being like, this is it. He's done. He's done for it. They, they can't make anything else after this. And uh, <laughs> it's just still now going back to it. When I watched, I was like, this is actually a badass moment. Not very many people in the Batman universe get to find out who Bruce is. And uh, I know it's, it's just such a pivotal badass moment to me. Very good point. That's a very good point. My last two questions before we get into the next movie for Batman Forever is, did you guys know that Drew Barrymore was in Batman Forever? Yeah, she's one of the henchwomen with Debbie Mazur. Yeah. For like a scene. It was she weird. Is. And uh, Chris O'Donnell as Robin. Now, <laughs> as, a ki- as a kid, he was probably the greatest guy in the world. But let's just, for sake of being movie critics here... Is Chris O'Donnell a good Robin for the? I mean, yeah, no. Did you guys know? I think adequate. No. I think for the type of film they were trying to make, he's adequate. Yeah, I've never. I don't. Thought, uh, oh, you go ahead. No, I, I, we've yet to other. I don't want to keep always going back to the animated series, but again, I think the best Robin we've had has been the animated series. I don't think we've had actually a def, uh, a, a strong Robin role yet in a live action uh, depiction. Oh, not Topher Grace? I'm just not Topher Grace. What's his face from uh, Third Rock from the Sun? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There, there we go. Not now, him, huh? I've, I've never thought... Okay, so even as a kid, I never thought twice about Robin. Like, it was never... He was never... Like, it was like, oh... Really? Okay. Yeah, it's like even when I watched uh, Batman Batman and Robin, it's the same way I felt about uh, Alicia Silverstone. I was like, okay, it's just another, another person. Not a big deal. Because uh, watching... Uh, uh, Batman Forever. I, I I wanted to be the Riddler. I wanted to be Edward Nigma. 
I thought he was oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was cool. It's like my favorite scene. Like as a kid, I think my favorite scene is when uh, they are formulating their plan. Or no, when uh, it's when Riddler first goes into uh, Two Faces' lair and he's like just like walking all around the room, like throwing his arms all akimbo. There's a lot of talking. He's very animated. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. But as an adult watching it recently, my favorite scene is actually the one where he's where uh, Edward Nigma is presenting his. His invention, the TV ray thing, whatever it's called, I don't remember what he calls it, where it, like, beams the TV shows into your brain. Right. And, like, that whole scene, Jim Carrey is impersonating Val Kilmer playing Bruce Wayne. And I think it's incredible. <laughs> I have a little bit of, uh, I have a little bit of knowledge for, uh, or, I don't, I shouldn't say knowledge. It's more of a useless fact <laughs> for Batman Forever. I found this out about a couple years ago from a friend, uh, and you'll you'll appreciate this, Jordan. H.R. Uh, Geiger originally did a design for the Batmobile for this movie. Did you know that? No, but that's interesting. Really? Yeah, Geiger, yeah. Huh? He originally did a design for the Batmobile, but it was uh, considered too absurd. Of course, uh, it would be. Which it's with Geiger. him, be- yeah, with with him being a surrealist artist, uh, the movie was like, yeah. Um, it's 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 too out there. We can't use this. <laughs> it's probably yeah. really phallic yeah. looking. Yeah, there's exactly <laughs> a bunch of penis. Okay, Geiger, we cannot have the Batmobile be a penis going into a vagina. This this can't happen. No. You guys remember but, the, the Saturday Night Live sketch, uh, the ambiguously gay duo? Yes. Ace and Gary. Yes. They had a dick. Car. Uh, yes, they did. It was <laughs> it was uh it was it was a cartoon on on Saturday Night Live that they played once in a while and it's called the Biggest Sweet Gay Duo. Clearly, Batman and Robin rip off kind of thing. And it, they were they voiced were, by and, uh, Steve Col- Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell. Yes, and yeah. they were just ambiguously gay. Like that's the Unless whole joke. They're like five minute cartoons, and that's the the whole joke is like oh okay because like how they would run in they like Gary or Ace could fly. But Gary couldn't, so Ace would fly, and Gary would sit on his back, but he had this ring where he could shoot, like, power beams at people. So he's riding on the on uh, Ace's back, shooting people with his, his uh, laser ring thing, but how they draw it, it looks like he's, like, humping him and stuff. It's really fun. It's really <laughs> funny. It's really funny. Um, uh, just to let you guys know, real quick, uh, we are almost approaching an hour. Okay, cool. So, 1995 happens. We get Batman forever. We're young kids. We're happy. Batman is everywhere. Batman! Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Batman! We're excited. And then two years later, 1997 happens. And I'm 10 years old. And I quickly realized that the trailers that I saw, Men in Black and Alien Resurrection, were far better than Batman and Robin. (laughs) Uh, Brandon and I talk about her so much because she was a big part of her life, and everybody that we talked to about her, like, that's her name, but that's what we called her, our uh, our dad's mom, Grandma Hooberry, uh, she would always take us to movies during the summer, and this was the summer movie. Uh, we were excited. Um, I was 10, Brandon was 7, and we went to go see this in theaters, and... Uh, this is where I fell out of love of Batman at 10 years old. I had no interest in Batman after this. This movie destroyed it for me. Do you guys Ooh. feel the same way? I mean, like, I mean, this, this movie, Batman and Robin, 
I can't watch, guys. I, um, it's, it's so heartbreaking. Well, I'm going to come right out of the gate and say because I was such an, an impressionable young age, uh, I walked away from this movie kind of loving it. <laughs> but you got to realize I was seven. So, you know, coming off the boot heels of the animated series, having seeing something cartoon form and falling in love with that character and then seeing that character brought to the big screen for the that was my first Batman big screen moment. So, of course, I'm going to walk away with a high, you know what I mean? And not to mention no matter what you say about the movie now, there's two things that you can say the movie did awesome at, and that's fucking color and fucking costuming. Because those two shit, oh my god, it's it's beautiful. As dumb and clunky as Arnie is as Mr. Freeze, that fucking suit's amazing. And as as awkward as Uma Thurman can be as Poison Ivy, the way she came out of the way the plant unfolded itself and she came out and the lighting of green just backlighting, oh, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie, I think. Okay, best friend, <laughs> best friend Ryan, what do you think? Why is that? Why are you laughing? That's his opinion, man. No, no, I'm not laughing at the opinion. I'm just remembering the scene of her stripping out of the monkey outfit. But uh. <laughs> when he was saying all oh, these beautiful colors and it's a beautiful movie, and then she's stripping out of a monkey outfit, I'm just like, oh my god, that's awesome to see hey. he presents. Hey, I didn't card. say anything about intelligence. I just <laughs> said <laughs> <laughs> never, never leave home without the bat Mastercard. <laughs> best friend Ryan what do you think about Batman and Robin um, I didn't actually okay so I watched Batman and Robin on video I didn't actually go into theaters to watch it and I remember my mom uh, asked me if I wanted to go because she like they were, we were going to uh, go watch it and uh, I told her no because they had a tie in with Pop Tarts they had like Batman and Robin Pop Tarts and stuff and I didn't like them. I thought they tasted horrible. <laughs> so I did not want to go watch the movie. But I watched oh, it. Based off? Oh, no. Based, based off, off your breakfast Pop-Tarts. food. Yeah. It was like, oh, they, they messed up Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts. What else are they going to mess up, you know? God, you don't mess with a 90s kid and his Pop-Tarts. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't mind Batman and Robin. When I, I watched it as a kid, I think I might, I might have been, like, in 2000 or something when I was 10. Um, I didn't care for it much like it didn't leave an impression on me but watching it as an adult like it's it's fun like it's an it's yeah. an awful movie but it's like uh we were having a conversation earlier in the messenger about shitty movies that are, are enjoyable you know because i yeah. brought i was sending gifts of uh samurai cop and all that stuff like this is a movie for me that, that feels like that it's it's uh it's like a very expensive version of samurai cop like an expensive Somewhat competently made version of Samurai Cop. I feel like that's that's very high praise. I think. <laughs> <laughs> very high I agree. It, it's one of those movies where if uh, if you were to set it up, if you were to set up any kind of drinking game with this game uh, or with this movie, you'd be dead in the first ten minutes. Like, and because there's I I shit you not, there is a drinking game out there strictly just for puns, and I'm just like, guys, that is not a game you survive. No, yeah, because Schwarzenegger does it in the first ten minutes. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's insane. I, mean, I I watched it a year ago recently, and it's just it's just ridiculous because you know we got we got Batman '89, which was dark and brooding, and then we get Batman Returns, which is so dark that McDonald's pulls the toys because parents get pissed, and then we get a kind of semi kitty version forever. 
But in this movie, it's like, okay, extreme butt close-up, extreme codpiece close-up, <laughs> bat nipples, and then all of a sudden, what I found absurd was the movie felt like a, a TV episode of the week. Because Batman gets into his Batmobile, and Commissioner Gordon goes on to the bat screen in the Batmobile, and says, Batman, we have a new villain on the loose. He calls himself Mr. Freeze. He's at the museum. Go stop him. And it's like, re- what? Well, that's kind of really? like the 60s TV show. I was just about I, to mention that. Yeah, because yes. he has the red phone. The mayor picks up and says, Batman, we need you. And then he goes and does yeah. it. Yes. Honestly, yeah, all just, honestly, all Batman and Robin needed was just onomatopoeia. And it would have just been a 97 version of Adam West and Burt Ward. Which, which would have been perfect because the 90s was all about being ironic. So... There I think the go, thing right? for me that that gets me about this is that it's not this is not a Batman movie. Like you could you could pretty much take Batman out of it and it would be the same movie. It's plant yeah. women, yeah, yeah. True. I mean, <laughs> I could see he that. only plays into the plot because he's there, right? You know, if you could, you could literally gets, replace him with any other hero. Yeah, if you just sent Robin in his place, it would it would be the same movie because Alicia Silverstone uh, because. Uh, Batgirl gets the whole uh, sad arc with Alfred dying, and then Robin is pining after her. Freeze is trying to resurrect his dead wife, and Ivy is trying to get vengeance on. Uh, what is it? The st- not stock market. What's she trying to do? She's trying to rid the world of humans so the plants can take over, because Mother Nature is. Men pissed. specifically, right? Men, yes, yes. But we already saw this movie last week. It's called Mother. <laughs> but like, yeah. So like, none of those plots need to have Batman around. That's yeah, true. That's interesting. I didn't think of it that way. But you could you could literally replace him with anyone. You could put you could take Batman out and put in the Shadow, and you'd have the same movie. You would. You're totally true. So before we get into the last segment of the show, I do want to talk about the one more thing with Batman and Robin. The one thing that was. To me, it was a thing. I don't know about you guys, but when we got Batman Returns, it was the same Batmobile as the first movie. Maybe some tweaks here and there, but by and large, the same Batmobile. But in Batman Forever, we got a new one. So I was excited to see what the new Batmobile was going to be in this movie. Worst Batmobile ever, guys? Yes? No? Uh, No, I think the Tumblr's the worst. Oh, yeah, it, it, wow. it, it, the Tumblr uh, lacks any kind of creativity, and it's just one big hunk of military mess, and I don't like it. I think that's best friend, right? What makes uh, I think that's what makes the Tumblr really good because he's trying to ground it in a sense of reality, and that is that is for that universe, that world he's built, what it needs. Like he can't have a very right. long, super hard to turn car. No, I totally get it, but that's all, when we get into it, uh, get into the next segment, that's also another reason why I'm just not really a fan of the Nolan movies, is uh, realistic just doesn't work, it doesn't mesh well for me, especially for Batman. We know what, since you said that, let's get into it. Everybody who is listening to the show still, this is our final segment, Batman Begins in 2005. So, 
Where was Jordan in 2005? Well, Batman and Robin completely destroyed my faith in Batman. I was done. And then in 2002, Spider-Man came out. And I became a Spider-Man fan. Because that <laughs> movie was just badass. And then in 2004, we got Spider-Man 2. And, you know, things were getting good. But then all of a sudden, I was dating a girl. It was the summer. Perfect age for Batman Begins for me, guys. Batman Begins came out the summer from graduating high school and going into college my freshman year. So this movie was everything that I wanted it to be. I was not excited for it. The trailers did not excite me for it. Because I was like, oh, another Batman movie. Oh, it's an origin story. Oh, fuck this. I'm 18 years old and I'm so cool. I don't care. You know what I mean? I had my <laughs> own things to worry about. But uh, the girl that I was dating at the time said, I want to go see Batman. So we went to Subway, got her subs, went to see Batman Begins. And I ended up going to see it later on the night by myself again. Batman Begins nice. was amazing for me. I mean, I was so hyped because of that movie I, at, at the end of it. Like, oh, my God, this is what Batman's supposed to be. What, what what did you guys feel back in 05 when Batman Begins came out? Was what, did you guys did you guys share that same enthusiasm or I actually thought oh. um I think Batman Begins uh watching up to that point cuz I was 15 when I would have seen it in theaters um was really uh like really beautiful to look at like to watch. I thought that it's at that point, I had never seen a superhero movie made that way, you know, because if you look at, like he said, Spider-Man or the X-Men, like the big popular, or the Fantastic Four was really big that same year, um, they don't feel like that movie at all. Like, it feels like it's in a different genre. Right. Um, for for me, I, I even though I, where I stand with the Nolan movies is, is true... However, I do think Batman Begins is the best of the three, uh, only because it, to me it feels if if this world of grounded being grounded, it feels the most grounded, and it almost trudges on that path of being uh, a detective story, but not quite going into him utilizing any detective skills, which is something I would love to see one day. I would love just a hardcore film noir, straight edge. Batman movie where he use, utilizes so much of his detective skills. We never really get to see that. But in Batman Begins, I don't know. Like it, it's the you know it's the movie where Christian Bale doesn't go into that awful voice. Like it's it's a great voice that he uses in this one, and it never never goes over the top. I like the whole arc of being trained. That's something we never got to see up close and personal before until now. Uh, I don't know. This one I really like a lot. There is some plot hole issues the whole water vaporizer thing it makes no goddamn sense because you know i think that that 70 percent of your body is nothing but water so you would vaporize as well <laughs> i think that whole aspect that whole thing that concept is what uh, keeps it feeling like a comic book movie like right it, but it, that's it, yeah the whole i think up to that point up to the last act uh, doesn't feel like a comic movie. It feels like a different movie. Then that is when it tries to bring it back in because they're, you know, I feel like that's when the studio is like, hey, the audience, you know, they're going to want this sort of thing. Which is why it's a little so conflicting for me. It's because that, the whole water vaporizer is something you would only see and something, it, honestly, that's a device you would find in Batman and Robin and, you know, that type of the movie. But when this movie is trying to be so grounded, it sort of, 
it teeters on trying to be comic booky and trying to be realistic, and it, it just threw me off. Hmm. But that's, that's interesting because my issue wasn't that. My issue was, is this guy who I've seen in two movies going to be good? Uh, Christian Bale, at, at, at this point in my life, at 18 years old, I was getting into Tarantino, I was getting into Aronofsky and David Fincher, I was getting into independent film at this point, I was going to go to school for film, so I started to get myself into film. So I seen American Psycho at this point, and also seen The uh, Machinist. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, is it really this guy is going to do it? I was so nervous, because I'm like, oh my god. But well, I, I mean, that's really loving him, right? Well, I mean, it's it's the whole. Well, this was before Dark Knight, but it's it's what I call the Heath Ledger effect. You don't, you can't judge a person until, you know, they get down and do it. No, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate Christian Bale as Batman. I, there's a lot of great things he's done with it. And again, like I, even though the Nolan movies don't work for me, neither does the Joel Schumacher's, and neither does Tim Burton really. You know, it's just one of those things where it's whatever era you grew up in. That's what we've been talking about all night. And it's what people who are in their late teens or early 20s now, the Nolan movies, was it's going to be their Batman. And I'm never going to fault anyone for that because that's what they grew up with, you know. Gotcha. Well, uh, on that note, I think we should end it with final thoughts on this one. I, I, best friend Ryan, out of all the films that we discussed tonight, in your opinion, which one is the best Batman movie of all time? Uh, well, I mean, it's obviously Batman Begins, but I mean, this conversation doesn't have to be limited. I don't, I don't feel to just discussing the TV show and the movies because com- the he's a comic book character. That's the first and foremost. He has a bunch of video games and stuff like that. Yeah. I, mean, I know we don't have time to really jump into the whole comic book conversation. Um, I just I think that. I think for me, I think the best Batman uh, anything is uh, I really like the Long Halloween, the Ooh, graphic novel. Good call. Yeah, I I, I, f- I feel like there's because I like there are people that will swear by uh, the Dark Knight Returns, the Killing Joke, uh, Arkham Asylum, those ones. I I just real I think that it is to me the the uh, kill uh, not the killing the long Halloween to me long Halloween is like what I want Batman to be right that's um, a good choice yeah and I, I don't know I don't know if you guys because I didn't read the graphic novels until I was in my late teens that's when I that's when I started getting into them and I, what 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 would you guys choose uh, go ahead go ahead go ahead brother Brandon well out of the out of the list that we talked about uh, I would say my favorite is Mask of the Phantasm. For reasons I stated previously when we were talking about it, is why. Uh, to me, it is it is that is the the definitive Batman. That story arc is is so near and dear to me, and I love it. But if we're gonna go broader, how uh, Ryan did, I'm gonna go with a comic line too, and I'm gonna go with Nightfall. Uh, I think that storyline is phenomenal. It's one of the first and only moments that we get Bane for who he really is. Bane is actually probably one of the smartest villains in the rogues gallery, and he's never treated as such, you know, hardly. So, like, he has this whole ordeal of busting out all of the inmates and all of the rogues gallery on Bruce. Now, Bruce is dealing with a flu, and he refuses to take any help from anyone, and essentially Bane puts Bruce through a gauntlet. 
And so not only does he have to take down each of these villains, by the time he gets to Bane, he's so fucking worn out that he can't take on Bane. And that's such a strategic move. That's such a tactical move. And it's brilliant. And you, of course, you have the phenomenal breaking of the bat, breaking his back. And you've got Bruce essentially building himself up again. It's a redemption story. To me, I think that's one of the pinnacle stories. Huh. Uh, my, you know, to go on the broader scale of things, uh, one of my favorites, which you guys have all said that are very good. Long Halloween is good. Killing Joke is great, of course, uh, and good as, uh, and also Brandon, which said Nightfall. But for me, my favorite Batman story uh, would have to be uh, Death in the Family. Okay. Uh, oh, um, Robin. When Robin, yeah, when uh, Robin gets killed by Joker. It's 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 just something that it's like okay, all bets are off. You know, it's it's kind of like the same uh, same realm as Superman gets killed by Doomsday. It's like oh my god, the heroes are actually dying. You know, so uh, but uh, uh, Death of the Family is definitely one of my top favorite stories of Batman. Uh, if 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 all of you guys liked our conversation of Batman, we may continue it for a part two in the future. We don't know, but there's a lot more to talk about. But that's all the time we have. Oh, definitely. I, I think we could uh, – I don't mean to cut you off, but I like to go off what Ryan said earlier. I think we could definitely do a part two because we could – I'd really like to touch base with the video games and with the comics. Oh, my God. Wouldn't you love it because you love Arkham Asylum. Oh, God damn, I do. <laughs> so, but uh, we wanted to take this time real quick to everybody to say thank you for downloading our episodes. Uh, you guys have been very supportive of us for the past month of us coming back. And uh, we all wanted to say thank you so much. And uh, to all of our uh, Australia fans out there, uh, thank you. And uh, we'll have uh, some Fosters, I guess, for you. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah. Uh, but in all your Netherlands, my brotherhood, I'll get some wooden clog shoes for you guys. Thank you. But uh, if you like this episode, <laughs> make sure to check out this episode on movieguyspodcast.com. Also on movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Follow us on Twitter at movieguyspodcast and on iTunes. All you got to do is search movieguyspodcast and all of our episodes are podcast presents in the title of the episode. So, uh, but thank you so much guys for downloading us. Keep up the amazing downloads. We had a great time and uh, we'll be back next week for another awesome, fun, retrospective looking back episode. So we'll be back next week, but brother Brandon, and best yeah. friend Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>